Hey, everyone. This week, we're bringing back some of our biggest stories of 2023. And this year, we saw a major change to the Las Vegas skyline with the addition of The Sphere. There have been some hiccups, poor crowd control, contractor lawsuits, possible C-suite discord, but U2's residency and the postcards from Earth film were just as spectacular as the view from the outside. And it's official, The Sphere is a hit. The building is an instant landmark on one of the most iconic skylines in the country, and maybe it's even a symbol of our city's big, big ambitions. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're revisiting a conversation I had with photojournalist Michaela Whitmore. They share tips for where to go and how to photograph the nightly light show. If you got family visiting this holiday season and want to impress from a great vantage point, this one's for you. It's Tuesday, December 26th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Michaela Whitmore, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Hi, thank you so much for having me, David. Nice to see you or be talking to you, I guess. I'll go with both. I saw one of your shots of the MSG sphere, and I got to tell you, it's already one of the iconic shots of our new addition to the Vegas skyline. I mean, literally with your shot, it is it, it puts the eye in iconic because it's that big eye uh, that comes up uh, uh, on one of the many images. I, I'm so curious. How did you set up that awesome shot of the sphere? And that, that appeared for uh, Bloomberg Media, right? Yes, uh, it uh, just ran in Bloomberg Business Week, uh, I believe online in a special print edition. Mm. And it was really wild uh, because I got the assignment and was tasked with trying to get some interesting images of the sphere, which you would think easy enough. It's a big object, but that comes with a lot of complexities. So in my discovery, I was actually uh, found that location for the image was at the parking garage in the Howard Hughes area off of like Manhattan Street. Okay. Uh, So it was a two-story parking garage, which you do have to pay for now. They were charging a $10 admission. Yeah, everyone caught on to that pretty quick. Yes, (laughs) real quick. uh, I will say that it seemed to be $10 per car, not per person. So if you can load up your car, uh, have at it. Friends in the trunk, gotcha. Yes, yes. Kind of like going to the drive-in movie theater or something. And so I got there uh, maybe 30 minutes before sunset because I was wanting to see what the different sky uh, would do over time. And so I was able to pick out a good parking space, kind of get my area set up. And then there was a lot of other people, all different ages, all different kind of friend groups uh, were funneling in and just like waiting around, enjoying the the sphere and watching it and so i was just kind of going back and forth and i noticed uh the eye graphic which how how can you not 
be intrigued by that uh, captivated, you know. Intrigued, captivated, uh, slash creeped out, all the above. Yes, all the above, all all the things. And so there was other people uh, that were watching it kind of silhouetted and, and talking about what they were seeing. And mm-hmm. so I was behind all of that and uh, t- took a few frames while I was walking. And that's the image that they chose to, to run it in that article. What most people are interested in is trying to track down where the best vantage point to see the sphere in all its splendor is. And I wonder if, you know, you have some insider tips for at least, even if not for photography, for viewing the the sphere, uh, different types of vantage points or times a day, or because there's a lot of angles to hit it from. So what do you think? Yeah, I think it really comes down to personal choice and what you're trying to accomplish. But first off, uh, it was interesting, again, because when I was doing this assignment, it was all discovery. So it was really like feet on the pavement and driving around. And for myself, I really did love the parking garage right off of Howard Hughes and Manhattan Street because... Yes, you did have to pay for it, but if you want that direct, like eye level kind of platform, you're looking at it, that was amazing. And if you are going to do that, I recommend bring in a little ice chest, bring some drinks, snacks, stay there a minute, make that $10 worth it, treat it like a drive in, you know, that was really awesome. Uh, If you don't want to pay for it, you can drive to Manhattan Street right in front of it. And if you can find parking, that was free and you get really cool views of it. Another area that I really loved was on the strip, the pedestrian bridge between uh, the Palazzo and the Wynn. So you're kind of looking towards the east and you see the sphere, you get the whole like street view. So you see cars running, the skyline, the mountain a little bit. And then there's so much people walking, uh, I mean, people watching (laughs) and walking on that bridge that there's a lot of conversation and spectacle and community in observing that object together. So that was really awesome. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like everybody was excited and definitely was lingering on that bridge longer than I've seen, you know? Yeah. Uh, And you can get some really interesting photos with people if they consent to being in it, or you can even go up to like the glass or if you have a tripod or monopod, you could raise it, your camera in the air to be able to get pretty like direct shots at a distance, you know, and have an interesting viewpoint. Um, yeah, those were some of the the tops. I would really love to get into like East Vegas and find I've been on some of my hikes and different things. Like when you get out of the city and you're coming back in and you see the sphere kind of in the distance, in that haziness with the whole strip in the mountains, that's right, also right. really interesting. So it sounds like you're saying dusk and and beyond is a good time. We hear the word the magic hour. I don't know exactly what that means, but I, I hear a lot of people talking about photographs and trying to hit the magic hour. Is is MSG Sphere a magic hour uh, white whale? <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's a special time. That magic hour typically is around uh, sunset or sunrise. And when it's going into talking about like signs or lighted objects, I mean, it's one of the perfect combinations because the way your eye or a camera calibrates as the sky gets darker and it's like, holding up a flashlight or when you look at the Lux or any other kind of bright object as it's getting darker and your eye is calibrating, it it really helps bring out the sign intensity and beauty and can mm. show off details where if you're photographing earlier in the day, you have a lot of sun or reflections or shadows that might happen. And so, yeah, that sometimes even within that magic hour you get like a, i think it's like a blue 30 which is kind of good it's this 30 minutes normally right from sunset into where the sun is gone and you know how the sky goes from being that like periwinkle into that full darkness yes that that periwinkle when you're photographing neon or led or like signs or the sphere wow boy is it a magical combination? And so, yes, I really was loving that kind of time because it it just, it, there's a magic and like a, a softness, a cinema quality that really comes out. And with the sphere, since it's 360 degrees of lights. Uh, right. And I, I've actually seen some shots where, you know, thunder strikes are happening in the back of it as well, which just cherry on top, cherry right? on top, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. You know, one thing, Michaela, I've been seeing some chatter because everyone really wants like, where is the best place to shoot this? A lot of people are talking about literally going into hotels and renting rooms with uh, a strip view. Michaela, if you had the comp of your dreams, forget about photograph, just looking at the sphere. What hotel from your kind of perspective you think might be the best one of all the hotels along the strip to really take in the MSG sphere? You know, that's that's a good question. I would still need to do some more research to be very thorough, but I would be interested uh, to see kind of near Aria because I think from the uh, bar they have up there, I believe I've seen a photo like looking out and you can see the sphere and it appears to have like all the 
strip kind of in front of it too in like the fountains so if you wanted to see like a wider viewprint that was something that intrigued me i would have to verify <laughs> if that is the official view because i haven't experienced that myself but thinking that's in alignment that's one i'd like to see and also probably um Cosmopolitan, I think, would be a really interesting viewpoint. Another interesting property might be the stratosphere. Or it's not even, oh my gosh, I'm showing my Las Vegas age. The strat, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, to see this MSG sphere from the strat could be very interesting because the height of the the building, I'd be curious. Yeah, I mean, it's technically an observation tower. What better to observe from, <laughs> right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, you know, if only I didn't have a fear of heights, maybe I would go check it out. <laughs> Just kidding. I will go check it out at some point. But I do think that would be really interesting because you could get a good observation. Absolutely. I also want to ask you, Michaela, you caught that eyeball. I mean, that eyeball has just captured so much attention. But what are maybe some of the other of your favorite things that you've seen on the sphere? Hmm. Yeah, the eyeball definitely was a standout. And it, it kind of reminded me of like the Cosmo eyes, how they were doing on top of their building, just where it like stares back at you. And then I really loved they were doing when I was observing a jack-o'-lantern. And that was really trippy because it's like a 360 spinning, kind of very fiery red jack-o'-lantern staring back. And then the others that really get me are anything that's like the moon, the planets, Mars, uh, Earth. It looks so wild to see against the landscape or if you're looking at the real moon and then you're seeing the offset of this uh, LED screen it, it's really yeah those those really stuck out i i think it's almost like it makes you not like the moon as much because <laughs> it's so it's like better and it's closer and it's more detailed and it's like yeah i mean the moon's okay but the image of the moon on the msg sphere now now we're talking about something important is that i don't know i think right. you're playing with fire there i i still really uh love the moon i love oh so the moon's the... still okay all right the moon's yes, gonna the be moon... all right, all right. <laughs> the moon all right. the moon still uh controls my heart uh and body but i will say that seeing the actual moon or planets on the sphere really does speak to the irony and the spectacle of Las Vegas and what growing up in this city has <laughs> brought me to love and appreciate. So there's a special fondness too for the digital moon. But uh, a, yeah. <laughs> a place in our heart for bombast always for us Las yes. Vegas kids. I guess maybe let's get a little more esoteric. What do you think the MSG sphere adds to the Vegas skyline? Oh, interesting. Um, I think it's very, it's interesting in this day and age because it definitely is like a modern day monolith or I think about it being kind of like a mirage or, or some of those like tropes of Las Vegas history. And so seeing it within the skyline, again, I think really speaks to the humor, the spectacle, the over the topness of Las Vegas and the technological feats that have gone into uh, the technology of learning how to build it and get the imagery to be produced within it, I think 
is all really interesting. Now, having a giant lighted object of that size within our skyline forever changes us as a city. And I think there's a duality to it that's very interesting and taps into sci-fi and different, often kind of dystopian novels. This is such cutting edge and such interesting technology, but also it's for an entertainment venue and took such a large budget to create. Uh, And I am curious to know the considerations that went into the light pollution or the migratory paths for different birds or, or animals or just even the residents around that live there in the different apartment complexes, just kind of what all of that over time is going to look like too, you know? Michaela, it's like you have looked into my soul because (laughs) that is where I am in that duality. And I come out net not sure that I like it. I mean, Mm -hmm. of course I appreciate the technology and the marvel and the crisp imagery, which often transcends the screensaver, right? Mm -hmm. Because some of the images on there are very like hyper- intense versions of what are essentially screensavers, you know, and we've seen this in in lots of other technology, it just keeps growing, growing, growing. But all those other concerns, which I call holistic concerns, right, are never really thought of. Was that the best place for something like this to go? What other considerations were? How much money? And then I think about some of the labor disputes that I've been hearing about and some of the chaos that's going to be inside and how people may not be getting such great value for wanting to be drawn like Moz to such an amazing ball of light. And, mm-hmm. and and these are the conversations that never happen. And so I come down maybe a little more cynical or harsh on even a, a, a magnificent engineering marvel as the biggest screen of, of, of that sort. But I, I can't avoid conversations about it because that's Las Vegas, right? Something yeah. really like surreal and ostentatious is coming and you got to deal with it. So um, what a what a really thoughtful way to think about it. And I really appreciate your comments on it because it's not all just about where's the best place to see it, but what's the best way to think about it. Um, mm-hmm. And we could, we could handle both those thoughts in our head at the same time. Michaela Whitmore, thank you so much for joining us today on CityCast Las Vegas. Love that photo. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and have a lovely day. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you have some downtime this holiday season, why don't you take some of that time to leave a review and support our show? We'll be back tomorrow morning with more of our recap of the biggest stories from the year. Happy holidays. I'd be curious to from like circus circus. Uh, Interesting. You think there'd be a clean shot, like, uh, like view without interruption from like the, I would think a lot of things, maybe the encore or, or win or even. Yeah, yeah. it might. Honestly, I just want to go to the roof of circus circus. Fair. fair. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Totally makes sense.